0: Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. Are you ready to trust God with your time and your resources? Sometimes we sing along blindly to songs of surrender and sacrifice, but when we're asked to volunteer or give to the church, we come up with excuses why we are exempt or why they don't need our help. Well, in today's message, Pastor Jim reminds you that God is your provider, and if you give of yourself freely and joyfully, he will return that blessing to you many times over what you gave in the first place. Well, let's join Pastor Jim in the book of Genesis chapter 30 as he begins his message, God the Provider.
1: All right, let's be honest. Ready to be honest? Sometimes in life, we have absolutely no clue what God is doing. Does <laughs> that ever happen, to any of you? Absolutely no clue. We ask him, and to be honest, sometimes we just don't get an answer. Other times, we read the Bible, and we go, that's very clear. I totally understand what's going on. I just don't see how God is involved in all this. I don't know what's going on. Uh, all that to say that sometimes we have to connect the dots. And that requires us to slow down a little bit, think about it a little bit more, and, and somehow get to God and what he's doing. Other times we have to connect dots to get to the Lord's character or, or, what, or connect the dots about what he thinks about certain things, like all the, the polygamy in Jacob's life and it was not working out well for him. So we connect the dots and we go, God's trying to tell us, don't do that. Don't do that. Uh, I want us to go back to chapter 28, where chapter 30, when Jacob encountered God for the first time. It says this, Genesis chapter 28, 20 through 22. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and keep me in, his, in this way that I am going and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on. Okay, I just want to keep, go through life. I want food. I want some clothes. So that I come back to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. I just just need to get back to home. And the stone which I have set as a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, says to the Lord, I will surely give a tenth to you. So you give me $100, I give you $10 back, Lord. That's the way it's going to work. So basically he says, Lord, if you provide me with safety, with food, and clothing, pretty basic, right? Pretty basic. He says, if you do that, I, you can bet you can count on me to be generous. Uh, approximately two thousand years later, the apostle Paul would write these words after Jesus has died on the cross, rose from the dead, and ascended to heaven. Ephesians chapter six, verse seven, eight: With goodwill, doing service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord. Some versions say a reward whether he is a slave or free. In other words, work, live for God, and let him reward you. Let him take care of you. So I've entitled tonight's message, God the Provider, but I fought with the, with the, the title because I kind of also wanted to call it the long way home, <laughs> but it seemed a little more uplifting and encouraging to, to do it. God the provider. So let's pick it up in Genesis chapter 30. We left off, we got through verse 24 last time, so we pick it up at verse 25. And it came to pass when Rachel had born Joseph, remember that was Jacob's favorite wife, the one that he fell in love with, and now this, he's the 11th son, that Jacob said to Laban, send me away that I may go to my own place in my country. Jacob wants to go home. Give me my wives. He's got four now, only four, okay? Do any of you have that many? Good, okay? And my children, 11 boys and one girl, wouldn't want to be the guy dating her, would you? <laughs> for whom I have served you, and let me go, for you know my service, which I have done for you. And Laban said to him, please stay or stay with me if I have found favor in your eyes, for I have learned by experience, some of you have heard to say divination, kind of the supernatural, that the Lord has blessed me for your sake. He says, listen, Jacob, I know that I'm being blessed because you're here. Verse 28, then he said, name your wages and I will give it, I'll pay it. She says, whatever you want, I'll pay it. So Jacob said to him, you know how I have served you and how your livestock has been with me, how they fared with me, how things went. You have, you have, in other words, you've seen the results of my work for what you had before I came was little, and it has increased to a great amount. The Lord has blessed you since my coming. And now, when uh, shall I also provide for my own house? So I came here. I worked. God totally blessed you because I was here. You really see that in the life of Joseph. That everybody's like, you know, ever since that Hebrew kid came here, everything's going a lot better, right? And so he says the same thing here. He says, uh, that's his son, Joseph, who will come later in Genesis. And he says, hey, I got here. Things got better. You know it. I know it. Even you recognize it. And so he says, I did my time. Uh, First time I worked for my wife for seven years. You swindled me. You swapped daughters on me. And now you had another seven years. I got 14 years with this. And it's time for me to start thinking about going home. He says, clearly, uh, you see it. I see it. Laban sees that he's been blessed because of his presence, uh, because Jacob was with Laban and the Lord was with Jacob. So he's he's connecting the dots. He, he He's even got it. They all have it. He calls it divination. We might say Jacob sort of led a charm life and because divination typically speaks of the future. Then Laban makes him an offer that he thinks that he can't refuse. Every man has his price, right? Did you ever hear that expression? Every man has his price. In chapter 29, he made the same offer to him when he wanted to marry Rachel. He said, tell me what your wages should be. And Jacob said, he didn't have any money. Usually, you would give the father some money. And he said, well, I'll work for you for seven years for her. Uh, Now, you might think that's nice. Uh, Those of you in the business world, or maybe you're new, you're just starting out your career, let me just tell you what's going on there. That's a classic business move. Uh, You say to somebody, make me an offer. And if they offer it way too high, you go, all right, okay. (laughs) And you go along with it. If they offer too low, you just counteroffer. That's, a, it's, that's an old trick. See, I just saved you a lot of money, right? So if you make a lot of money next time, what do I get? 10%. Okay, <laughs> see, they're, we- they're very well trained, all right. So, but after 14 years of being around Laban, Jacob doesn't take the bait this time. He's not gonna take it. He's like, I want out of here. So again, he reminds Laban, you got a lot more now than when I got here. The Lord made you rich because of me. Now, the interesting thing about Jacob is he was just serving. He wasn't trying to become rich, He wasn't lazy. He was just a hard worker. And that's part of the promise. What's happening now is part of the promise that was made to his grandfather, uh, Abraham, back in chapter 12. And and he just said, like, the whole world will be blessed by you. And we, those of us who are followers of Jesus, if you're here and you're not, we're glad that you're here. But Those of us who are followers of Jesus, we should want to be a blessing to the world, So how does that happen? Well, for most of us, at least here we see it in Jacob's life, and for a lot of us, it seems to be the combination of the presence of the Lord and hard work. So on your job, if you're out in the working world, it's the presence of the Lord who is with you and your own hard work. In our world, we might say, uh, Jacob was working for the good of the company. Now, some of you are like, that's a tough pill to swallow because we're supposed to what? Be negative about the company. They're not taking care of us. I, I have a customer that I've had for many years. I won't say how long because that'll give a clue to how old I am. And then you'll all tell me I'm an old man. But anyway, uh, had for years. And people come and they, it's a very high-paying job at that, that this company. You would know the name. It's a household name. In fact, you probably bought some of their gas on the way here. I'll give you that clue. And, um, and so, household name. And people would come, and they'd be so happy they got this brand-new job, and we would always say, how long till they get the sickness? How long till that's not, the company's not doing enough for us? These guys, oh, they didn't have to do much work at all, right? A lot of it was babysitting and watching the stuff just mix in the vats, right? And they would just say, that, not doing that. But, but Jacob was working for the good of the company, a rare trait today. A lot of you might say this. Maybe it's me, I just don't buy it. Maybe I'm just this jaded. I would work harder if they paid me better. That is a very tough case to make from the Bible. That is a very tough case for the Bible. We are to bloom where we are planted. Now we have the right to move around. We're we're fortunate that we have that right, but other people don't. Uh, Colossians 3.17, if you're taking notes, this should be a life verse for every Christian. And whatever you do, not like... Whatever you do, no, whatever you do, in word or deed, do all, some better say everything, in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Now, I want to just say a word to the young people that are here. And after many years in the business world and still active in it, uh, I know a lot of you want to own your own business. That's a big thing that a lot of... Most young people either want to own their own business or be YouTube influencers. Okay, let me give you some... The odds of making a business are not very good, but they're a lot better than being a YouTube influencer. Okay, you get paid last. Did everybody hear what I just said? You get paid last. So you're going to need God with you, and you're going to have to be a hard worker, and you're going to have to know how to treat people okay? You're going to have to know how to be tough, how to be generous, how to help people, or else they're going to just leave you in a second. All right, enough of that. Verse 31. So he, Laban, said, what shall I give you? And Jacob comes back with a shocker. And Jacob said, you shall not give me anything. Now, he must be like, yeah, I could do that, right? (laughs) If you will do this thing for me, I will again, or I will continue to feed and keep your flocks. I'll stay and keep doing this. If you do this one thing for me, let me pass through all your flock today, removing from there all the speckled and spotted sheep. Now, normally they would be white. All the brown or black or dark, some versions say, ones among the lambs, okay? And the spotted and speckled among the goats. Now, they would be normally darker or blacker. And these shall be my wages. So Jacob says... I want you to give me all the rare colored animals, right? The normal ones that come out, they're yours. I want the rare ones. Verse 33, so my righteousness, or some versions say my honesty, will answer for me in the time to come when the subject of my wages comes before you. He basically says, you can come and check on the flocks. And if you see any that don't belong with me, solid colored ones, then you know I'm a thief, right? You can come check on my wages, and any you can pull out. Everyone that is not speckled and spotted among the goats and brown among the lambs will be considered stolen, if it is with me. And Laban said, oh, that were, it were according to your word. And some versions say, let it be as you said. So Jacob's response is odd. What is he doing? He's taking a risk on God. He's taking a risk on the Lord, and he says, I want to get paid. Rather than a salary— I want to get paid a percentage of the profits. That's what I want to get paid out of. He says, I will take the rare animals that are born. I will give you the usual colored ones, okay? And, or basically saying, I'll take the small part of the flock and I'll let you take most of the flock. Some people say, he's probably saying, I'll I'll give you 80% of the flock and I'll take 20, but of those that are 20%, those are born. So if the flock got bigger, what would that mean? Good for both of them, good for both of them, okay? Those of you who own businesses, remember what I just said. Remember what I just said, okay? You pull up, and, I, and, I, and I've dealt with so many business owners over the years that this has come back to bite them. You pull up in a $150,000 car, and all your employees are driving beaters, okay? They're gonna get something out of your hide, trust me. Trust me, all right? I used to, we used to haul a lot of designer clothing and people say nothing's missing. And I would say, because we used to take theft out of the pool of Christmas bonuses, right? Which typically could be anywhere from five to 25% of someone's salary. So first day on the job, you, you think, oh, this is a good, I got a new job. You go to your car and there's like six guys there waiting for you. Hey dude, they're like, where's Jim? He's like, they're like, he's in his office. You steal from this company, you steal from us. You better hope that Jim gets you or the cops get you before we do. They're like, okay. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? So you got to remember that, right? All the entrepreneurs are like, man, I didn't, I should, I should talk to this guy more about this stuff. Okay? And so the, the, the bigger the, the flock got, the better for the both of them. The smaller, the more they will both suffer because this is incentive compensation and this is, or commission, now, Laban would be thinking, that leaves Jacob with one kind of animal to mate, and, and his flock is just going to be a lot smaller. Once again, I got him. He's got to be thinking, I, I got him again. So what's Jacob doing? He's trusting the Lord to take care of him. That's what he's doing. And as he's trusting the Lord to take care of him. He's trusting the Lord to take care of his family financially. In other words, he's saying, Lord, I'm not going to take any shortcuts. I made that vow to you. I I know I made that vow to you 14 years ago because it's going to take about six years for all this to work itself out. He says, I made that vow to you. I'm not forgetting you. You come through for me. I'll know it was you, and I'm ready, and I'm ready. So verse 35 says this. So he, Laban, removed that day the male goats that were speckled and spotted. Oh, that cheater. All right? All the female goats that were speckled and spottled, every one that had some white in it, and all the brown ones among the lambs, and gave them into the hands of his sons. So he moves very quickly and takes all Jacob's animals out of Jacob's breeding pool. Jacob seems fine with it. Verse 36, Then he put three days' journey between himself and Jacob, and Jacob fed the rest of Laban's flocks. So he's like, let me take all of your stuff, and I'll go three days away and you can get to work for me. So basically, what does he do? He's stealing from Jacob again, and he's isolating his animals. Now, Jacob is an experienced herdsman, and so first he works on the colors of the animals, and he uses an old custom. Whether it's true or not, we don't know, but remember, how many of you remember the mandrakes? Yeah, sure you remember the mandrakes, you guys, right? Right, this is kind of like the mandrakes things. If you weren't here, well, you have to go back to... Previous studies for that. Verse 37. Now Jacob took for himself rods of green poplar and of the almond and chestnut trees, or the trees of the plain, peeled white strips in them and exposed the white which was in the rods. So another version says he's exposing white strips on branches. And the rods, or the sticks, or the peeled branches, which he had peeled, he set before the flocks in the gutters in the watering troughs. So where they're watering, he's just kind of putting these sticks up there for them where the flocks came to drink so that they should conceive, mate, or breed when they had come to drink. Verse 39. So the flocks conceived, or they were mating, before the rods, and the flocks brought forth streaked, speckled, and spotted. So somehow they see these spots and these these strips down sticks, and they're like somehow they're coming out with their kids are coming out the same way. Not supposed to, but they are. Verse 40. Then Jacob separated the lambs and made the flock's face towards the streak or the striped and the brown and the flock of Laban, but he put his own flocks by themselves. So he set them apart and he did not put them with Laban's flock. Okay, Um, so what he's going to do now is he's going to start breeding the stronger animals for himself. Verse 41, and it came to pass whenever the stronger livestock conceived, whenever they were mating or breeding that Jacob placed the rods before the eyes of the livestock in the gutters by the water that they might conceive among the rods. But when the flocks were feeble, he did not put them in. He didn't put the branches out. So the feebler were Laban's and the stronger Jacob's. So you all, you got that? Everybody understand that? Good, I don't either. Um, (laughs) Summary verse, verse 43. Thus the man, Jacob, became exceedingly prosperous or rich and had large flocks, female and male servants, and camels, that's thrown in there to tell us that he's driving the $150,000 car, okay? And donkeys. Now, in chapter 31, we'll see, he'll say it's the Lord's doing it again. This whole time period takes about six years. Now, it's very easy to read this and say, what in the world is going on here? Is it magic is it a real way of breeding? Is it the Lord? Well, we know it's the Lord. But anybody reading the Bible would be like, what in the world is going on here? Like, this is just raising more questions than you could ever think of. Now, I'm going to tell you a story that has nothing to do with the text, but it just reminded me of something, so I'm going to share it with you. When I was a kid, most of you know, if you've been here a while, you know that I grew up across the street from horse stables. I was little, and I was outside in my front yard with my dad, and I looked across, and two horses were mating. And I said to my dad, what are they doing? <laughs> and he said, oh, uh, they're making a baby. <laughs> I was waiting for him to say, go ask your mother. <laughs> so I said, they're making a baby. So I thought, oh, okay. Well, then after a long time after that, I got to see that the horse got fatter and fatter and fatter. Sorry, more beautiful, more beautiful, more beautiful. (laughs) You'd think after three kids, I would be trained better than that to make that mistake. So anyway, the family invited me over to see the baby being born. It was really cool. It was really cool. And and so um, I got to see that. So All that to say that um, if you consider me to be your pastor, you can tell your friends that my pastor learned about the birds and the bees. He learned how babies were made from two horses that lived across the street from (laughs) him. All right, so let's get back to the passage. It may not be clear what exactly happened, but the result is exactly what we would expect because God blessed Jacob as promised. Now, was Jacob a hard worker? Yes. Did he work hard for his employer? Yes. Did he trust God to take care of his family? Yes. Now, is Jacob being a bit deceptive here, only not, not only taking the stronger ones? Yes, you could probably make the case for that. And you might say, well, what I don't understand is, how could God bless that? That's a big thing people say. If you're, not, if you're new to the church here, it's that's that's like a christian thing. Like, how could God bless that? Okay, so uh, let's get our heads out of the clouds. All right, let's just come down to earth. Any of you live on earth? Okay, let's come down to earth. All right, if you're new to this Christian thing, we're, we, we need to live on earth, okay, until God takes us up to heaven. All right, well, years ago, we don't really sing it anymore, maybe we'll have, um, but we used to sing this song, I Surrender All. Any of you remember that song? A few of you, raise your hand, raise your hand. I surrender, oh man, Oh, you're in big trouble. How many of you sang it? Not that you've heard it, but you actually sang it. Oh, you're in a lot of trouble now. Okay. So I can remember being a new Christian and people going, I surrender all. And I'm like, really? <laughs> like, I'm looking around at the people. I know some of them. And I'm like, what are you surrendering because I noticed, it didn't take me long to notice that week after week, the church was often asking for two things, money and volunteers. Money and volunteers. Now, I am not the sharpest knife in the drawer. But I know that if they keep asking for the same two things, that there's probably two things that they really need. Money and volunteers. And then they would ask for that. And at the end of the service, we'd all get up and sing, I surrender all, I surrender all. And then next week, they would ask for money and volunteers. And we would get up and we would sing, go ahead, I surrender all, except my time and my money. Like What do you kid? Come on. Now, anything else but those two things, Lord. Now, the reason I say that is if God had to wait for us to surrender all, we would be waiting a very long time for his blessings, wouldn't we? A very long time. So if you don't learn anything else okay, if you don't do anything else after service, thank God that he is not like that. Thank God that he is not waiting for us to get all our ducks in a row, to surrender all, to have it all together before he blesses us. Now, I don't mean to be insulting here. Well, actually, maybe I do. Okay? But who are the people of God in this passage? We are the speckled and spotted goats. That's who we are. But that does not stop God from taking a risk in us. We are the minority. We are the smaller group of people. If you're a Bible-believing Christian, you are in the minority. If you say you're a Christian, you're in the majority. If you're a Bible-believing Christian, you're in the minority. And God is taking a risk on us, extending his grace to us, as we've been seeing through these studies in the life of Jacob, in the myths of our
0: messy lives. Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Changed by Love brings you the great hope of the gospel to equip you to reach others with this transforming message. In a world filled with fear and mistrust, Pastor Jim provides the path to freedom in a clear and transparent style. Changed by Love needs your help to reach thousands, including your friends and neighbors. Find out the ways you can team financially with Changed by Love by visiting our website at changedbyloveradio.org or call 862-217-9686. Pastor Jim would love to hear your story and how Changed by Love has impacted your life or someone you know. Your encouragement goes a long way. Thank you for spending time with Pastor Jim Kevney and Changed by Love.